The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, how are you doing coming off of uh, this past Sunday's Lethal Consequences? Uh, you know, uh, another week, you know, there's always drama at the school, whatever. It's just, you know, an, an annoyance. But, you know, the show went relatively well. There was some really good stuff on there, you know. And, you know, moving forward, it, you know, the, the future's bright, you know, talking about things. And I talking with my kid yesterday, and he was like, you know, I was showing him a clip of Hammerstone and Gatson, and it looked excellent. And it's like people who know me know I'm a big fan of Brandon Gatson, but just again, with, with so many people and scheduling, it's hard to get him consistently in. And most people were shocked that that was the first time that they ever wrestled, and they had never wrestled in FSW. You know, when he was, you know, a main guy, he was the no limits guy. And pretty much Hammerstone was in the tag team in the gods of war with uh, with Graves back in the day. And then hurt his back and he was gone for years while Hammerstone was, you know, a main singles guy where that would have probably been where the possibility of them two meeting and. You know, it looked as solid as I thought it would be, you know, and, you know, hopefully it was held in a spot where Gatson can get the notoriety, respect, whatever, you know, it it was, it was kind of weird because in FSW, it, it seemed like they would pop for the moves and be like, oh yeah, yeah, this guy's really athletic. But again, because of the consistency, it was just a little more difficult. So, right. you know, I get to watch some things and I'm like, oh, man, you know, I, I would have liked to have done that match just because I'm a big fan of Brandon Gatson. So, sure. Um, but that leads to that question of, I mean, what is the possibilities and how would you work in a, a match like that without it, you know, with the limitations of Gatson's, you know, schedule, um, you know, is it something that could happen at like a Mecca or is, is it a match that could happen like at an anniversary show just to, you know, to see that match here in Vegas? Well, anything can happen, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, the chess pieces being placed where they need to. You know, Gatson has worked for me once he came back over the last couple of years. He just hasn't been more recent. You know, I'm pretty sure he was in the scramble at the Mecca and he got a he got an opportunity at the No Limits Championship uh, against Evander Griff. And he's the guy that's always on the radar of somebody if things work out. And, you know, we talk semi-frequently. So, you know the odds of Gatson being here for at least one or two shows over the next few months to me is a strong possibility. But, you know, I was going through just yesterday starting to uh, make plans for the luck of the draw rumble. And I literally got to 30 guys already. And, that's also including five or six matches that, you know, I don't want to go past seven. That's the most. Six is the right number. But it's like, okay, 
you got the rumble match, and then you got the winner wrestles the champ. So that's two matches. Right. You know, you're looking at, you know, what storyline stuff do we got going as well as other championship matches? So the no limits champion, the women's champion, the tag team champion. So, you know, we're, we're looking at that. So most of those titles will be on the line, the Nevada state championship. So those are four titles plus two matches. We're already at six. And yeah. there's going to be a storyline match for sure. So that's back to seven. So there's a good possibility one of those championship matches will be held off for another time. Just because you don't want a four-hour show. So right. you know, six matches is good. You know, in the past, we'd like to pick off something that happens in the Rumble that sets up maybe a match down the line. We've done things in the past where the last two eliminated had a singles match, for example. So, you know, it's just planting the seeds of what's going on. We're into October. Uh, it looks like the date will be November 19th. So uh, right now, we, we're, we initially, we're going to do the 26th. But just because of travel issues and being the week after Thanksgiving, it's still Thanksgiving weekend. So right. a big Fonz who's going to fly in or if an Ace Austin's coming in to do a match with Bay against uh, the, the West Coast wrecking crew of Royce and Jarrell, you know, the, the flight pricing is way out of control that right. week. So moving it the week before makes that still a possibility. So, you know, where do people lie? The good part is I don't have to make sure Danny Limelight gets a singles match and Hammerstone gets a singles match. And, you know, the Billionaire Boys Club may not have to have a singles match because now I got the spots in the Rumble. And you're always going to include guys that are on the rise. Some of our young guys who, who, you know, done well in their limited opportunities, they'll get opportunities. And then you got some of the guys who've been around, who've been in rumbles before, the Ricky Tenaciouses and the Brandon G. And guys have been part of the company for a long time. You, you know, you want to make sure they get at least an opportunity to perform, you know, on a casino show. So that, that, that's always the mindset of a match like the Battle Royal, a match like the Rumble, where you're going to give a few opportunities to the guys and girls who work very, very hard during the year and may not be ready for a singles or tag match at a casino show, but they right. can be placed in that match and given opportunities. And it's also a spot where we've given people chances to break out whether it was an early hero or cross or shogun that would come into the rumble and not win but make people pay attention to them right. so you know we still got the show on the 14th the halloween show and maybe another show the 5th uh of november before the 19th so we we have some stuff that we can set up but, you know, we know the main event is the winner of the Rumble will challenge the FSW heavyweight champion. Well, Ice Williams has one obstacle in front of him on October 14th, uh, which is our next show. And we're gearing that show based on three champions defending their belts, Ice, Braxton, and Viva Van. And, you know, that's probably the last opportunity you're going to see any title matches of those because at the Halloween show, uh, Royce and Jarrell will defend the tag titles and we found out who they'll defend against. And it is the billionaire boys club who won the four way, um, tag match at this past lethal consequences show. So 
was definitely, you know, substance in that match. It wasn't just a random tag match. We knew that we would give the winner an opportunity on October 29th at the Halloween show, which, of course, we're going to have a casket match. Unfortunately, Funny Bone, who is the king of the casket matches, is not available. So we're trying to we're going to try to hook something up. You know, maybe it's Braxton and Bodie in a casket match. Who knows? Uh, well, hey, you know, uh, I hear The Undertaker is available. He's a free yes, agent. He is. And if I charge 500 a ticket at the FSW Arena, I'd probably still only be 10000 short for uh, his payment. Um, so when you look at the upcoming show, um, you know, you said the, the three titles. Uh, what are the plans so far for that show? And again, that's uh, coming up on what day? On what? What day is the, the next show coming up? The 14th, right. Sunday, October 14th. Please, about uh, Monday. No, 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 no. Nah. I just I just wanted to double confirm the 14th. Um, yeah. So, so what are the plans so far with those uh, three matches? Uh, we're, we're still in discussions on what we're doing. You know, uh, I have an idea for Viva Van, but it's not a regular FSW performer. It's somebody that uh, has done some really good things recently and has worked one of our shows. So I'm just waiting to see the availability for her uh, on that event and still contemplating what we're doing. Uh, I also know Clutch was not at Lethal Consequences, and when the faction came out, uh, Kenny King made reference to that, and I talked with Clutch yesterday, and he's looking forward, and I guess we'll be calling Kenny King out, so we'll see what's up uh, in that situation. So, you know, the one great thing about Kenny King being part of the faction is he's around all the time. Right. And, and with the hiatus of Impact, they only got one more taping in a couple weeks, which doesn't interfere with our shows. Kenny's available pretty much every one of our shows now. So, again, it, it, it upgrades. You know, I don't have to worry about flights with Jay Vidal and Chris Bay. And is Ace Austin available? Hey, is it an impact taping? Blah, blah, blah. So, again, it, it upgrades. Danny Limelight uh, will be here on the 14th. Uh, he is going to be taking on one of our... Rising Stars, a guy who pulled off one of the biggest upsets, Fox Valentine, maybe looking for two for two. And uh, it's funny because I was talking with Limelight the other day, and, you know, he was pitching for me to give him an opportunity to run a, uh, a, a mini talk show, uh, uh, you know, in the limelight, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the name would be, but I know he he was pitching for that. And and being as entertaining as he is on the mic, I, believe me, I am contemplating it. So, you know, we'll we'll see if that goes to fruition, because I know Danny's on a quest to uh, become the FSW heavyweight champion, and obviously, uh, he will have a spot in the Rumble. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, in that scenario. So the, so the rumble, I would imagine, is going to be quite loaded where you can't look and say, you know, because you look at WWE and they do their Royal Rumble and you look and you're like, well, there's 30 guys and literally 26 can't win, you know, and out of the four, there's two that you hope they might give the rub to, and they usually don't. But, like, you know, in past years, hey, Drew McIntyre ended up pulling out a victory. But usually it's like, okay, everybody knows Cody Rhodes is winning the rump. You, you know what I mean? And right. despite what you wanted to do with Gunther and all that other stuff, you knew Cody Rhodes was winning the rump. Right. Now, you can look at our top guys and, you know – 
We they they already had a match. A hero and Shogun, top contenders for the belts. Okay, Danny Limelight, Hammerstone, uh, young guns like Big Fonz, Graves, former champion. You know, you, you look at that bunch, and then you say, well, who else is going to be in there? Hey, you know, class is a former Nevada State champion. Hey, where's Gregory Sharp? You know, uh, he just lost the Nevada State title. You know, he's a threat to anybody's championship, as well as numerous others, because there's always a surprise. Last year, we brought Toa in, and he almost won the Rumble. Right. And, you know, Masters and, and Carlito were in the Rumble. And, you know, if it wasn't for Santana Jackson, who knows? Carlito could have been the guy who may be in the Rumble. So, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, possibilities because, you know, that's a show where we, we, we try to get people like, oh, man, whether it's a, an old face returning to FSW, whether it's a, a big name guy, you know, hell, who knows, you know? Everybody was excited when Rhino showed up. Hey, Tito Escondido's back from Japan. So, you know, there's so many options. You know, Sin Bodhi's tight with uh, that Adam Copeland guy. You know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, uh, when... When you think about that aspect of a rumble, obviously the WWE, you know, invented the the whole idea of uh, you know the surprise aspect of it, and they can bring in anyone they want essentially. Um, but how does that play on you, where you're also still trying to uh, create? you know, at least a few storylines through the Rumble, and you're also trying to get enough people in there who, you know, participate regularly, like you said, uh, and give them opportunities to be on a casino show. So how do you balance in that kind of surprise that you can, you know, still have the audience, um, you know, not, not expecting something? Uh, or as a promoter, do you also potentially look at it like if i'm going to bring in someone who has a name um it's also an opportunity to advertise that to get more people to come to the show so how, how do you balance that well you, you know again that that's why you start the list in october for a show that's happening you know seven weeks from now because yeah. you're you, you're trying to figure out things. And we've always tried to build things because the next casino show after this is no escape. And we're always trying to find three cage matches. And it isn't a random heavyweight title defense. You know, in the past, hey, we had Hammerstone wrestle John Moore, John Morrison. Well, why did that happen? Well, at a beers and body slams, Hammerstone had a message for John Morrison, so he delivered it through through Taya. Yeah. And before the cage match happened, John Morrison helped a guy he's friends with, Chris Bay, win the championship and cost Hammerstone the title that he had held for an extremely long time. So that built into now we got our main event. It's a steel cage match. And everything's got to be, you know, into that mix. There's stuff that's going on now. Hammerstone and Limelight, Jay Vidal and Nick Xander. Uh, you know, where's the Nevada State? Uh, the Bullet Club not real happy with Royce and Jarrell. So there's a lot of things. Braxton and Bodie wants his No Limits title shot. And Matt Vandegroof holds the cash in the case. And it's like all those scenarios are going to be in play that night, November 19th. And the ramifications 
are not going to lead to a high octane. No, they're going to lead to no escape because these are the big guns. You know, a lot of, a lot of companies have a top five, a top 10, a top 20. We have a top 30 or 40. Yeah. I was going over the list was when we were talking about Gatson. And it's like, Joey, you got to understand, you know, look, look at, look at the, the faces, look at the heels, you know, they're, they're, they're more than 10 or 12 on, on each, you know, each list. Yeah. So when you're having eight matches and one or two tags, which include a six man or whatever, you're looking at 20 to 24 people. And we got way more than 24 people who are capable of being a champion. Right. By looking at, because let's look at the women's division. You know, you got Maz, you got Rochelle, you got Beva, you got Brittany Brooks, you got Gypsy Mack, you got Jen Savani, you got Alice Blair, you have Black Swan, you got people that have wrestled for us, you know, Brooke Havoc wanted to, couldn't. But there's so many women that are available to us. Zamaya is, is, you know, if you're going to have the most improved of the year, she rates right up there. You yeah. know, she she fits right in into that mix. So legitimately, there's five or six women in the FSW women's division that are capable of being a champion. And then you got the no limits division. And then you got the heavyweight division. And then the Nevada State's kind of a cross between the two. So the Nevada State, you know, there there's 30 guys that could go after Jacob Austin Young now. Sure. And heavyweights, just looking at the super heavyweights of the, the heroes, the Shoguns, the Koas, the Hammerstones, the Graves, and Big Fonz, and, you know, Class, and Cruz, or, or whatever it is, and Remy, and, you know, Cody, who has been gone for a long time, and Funny Bone. And, yeah, it's easy to throw Gadsden into the mix, but where do you fit? You got Jay Vidal, you know, he's an impact star. You got Kenny King, you know. You know, Kenny will probably be in the Rumble, you know, unless, you know, things with Clutch lead to a singles match, per se, at, you know, whether it's at the upcoming show or at luck of the draw, you know, and we're trying to be creative and innovative. Hey, we have an idea for a match and we're going to take a wheel and it's the luck of the draw. So we got this heated feud. So we're not going to have a, a regular match. So we're going to spin the wheel and whatever it lands on, that's the match. So whether we're doing something in the no DQ, last man standing, first blood, you know, Texas death match, Russian sickle match, you know, all those things, you know, the uh, Las Vegas Boulevard street fight. And we go the road at the Silver Nugget and we fight. We can fight in a casino now because it's closed. Right. You know, there's no gaming. You know, maybe we recreate Cactus Jack and Sabu and a pile driver through a blackjack table. You never know. You know, maybe somebody's head goes through one of the slot machines. Oh, man, uh, that would that would be fairly entertaining. Uh, you know, you, you need these. It, it's 2023. A good match is a good match. But obviously, for people worldwide, you, you need viral moments. Yeah. Sure. You know, so it's like, what 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 can make FSW, like, even on Fight Plus, you know, that's great. We're on. And now, on that day, there's probably seven to ten shows. Right. Yeah. So you got to be a big time wrestling fan to watch two or three of those shows. Right. So what differentiates you watching my show over that show? Right. And sure, we got some impact guys. We got some AW guys. We got some XWWE guys. You got to have that internet buzz. Right. You know, similar to when, 
we had FSW versus GCW legitimately other than the anniversary show, which was still half of the viewers of FSW GCW inside the arena because the internet buzz of GCW garnered us twice as many views as our standalone best viewership. Right. Sure. You know, you can say anything you want, but those are the statistics. And you have to be able to read these statistics and try to figure out a way, what do we need to do to increase them? Right. And now that we've had this platform since pretty much May, you know, it's kind of disappointing because in May, holy shit, we had five shows. So we had this many viewers. Right. And in June, we had this many. And now we're all hovering around here because it's a couple of shows. But because of that one big show blowing everything else out of the water, we've seen a tape-delayed show from a casino. Guess what? It ended up doing half of our worst live casino show but it did similar numbers to a live fsw arena show so you got future shock with a minimal budget and 10 kids on the show and then you do survival of the fittest and you have similar numbers yet you've brought in some big name guys and the numbers are the same Boy, that it can't be anything other than a disappointment. Yeah. And, and I was adamant that not airing live was going to hurt because by the time it aired, which was only five days later, because it was a Sunday, we aired it on a Friday. Now, on Sunday night, you went on Twitter, hey, well, there's new tag team champions. Hey, there's this happened. Hey, that happened. Right. Well, I remember back in the day when it was pay-per-view boxing and the Sugar Ray Leonard's and Roberto Duran's and Hearns and Hagler, and all those guys used to fight each other. And once I knew the result of the fight, who cares? It's like there's nothing to root for because yeah. you know that guy's not winning. As much right. as I love Roberto Duran, what did I have to do? I went to Madison Square Garden and I watched him fight Marvin Hagler with my dad on closed circuit TV and paid money to sit in the rafters to watch it live from the Las Vegas. Yeah. Because I wanted to see the fight. But when Roberto Duran fought, say, Thomas Hearns and he got knocked out in the second or third round, when it came on live TV or HBO oh, two weeks later, what the fuck do I want to watch it for? He got his ass beat. Right. Sure. You know, so it's also counting not how many viewers you have, it's how many minutes you watch. Oh, okay, well, there's new tag champs here, but uh, well, let me fast forward to the end of the match, see what happened. Because I know who won. Right. Yeah. And... and your other option was three or four other shows and some might've been top of the line shows. GCW may have been running cause they run a lot of shows. So now we got to hope that people, which they do. It's, it's, it's weird to me, but I'll look at our viewership and it'll show the live viewership right. and the viewership, no matter how many views it is three times as many people, We'll watch it after the fact. Hmm. But watching an FSW show the next day, I'm pretty sure they don't know the results. Right, right. The, the first time we did it on a casino show, it was, you know, aired five days after it was all over Twitter. High octanes aren't all over Twitter. And you're, you know, obviously if we did a title change, it would be. But you right. would have the opportunity to watch it live or you watch bits and pieces or whatever it is. So it's a slippery slope 
and, you know, making things viral, doing things that you normally as a wrestling person, promoter might think, yeah, this is corny or this is dumb or this probably won't work or, yeah, I don't think this guy's good enough. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of guys maybe not good enough, but because of their following and their reach, you know, it's a big difference. It's we could have Effie on our show part of a GCW thing, and he's the most over guy for the entire event. Yeah. Then we could have Effie versus Jay Vidal at a standalone FSW show. Well, a lot of our fans are more core WWE or AEW fans. So for a majority of the fans, and again, I you know, there's people on their feet for Effie, but there was a lot of people who were unaware of who Effie was or a Billy Starks. Obviously now with the AEW reach, right. it, it's a lot more helpful. But you know, you're going to different brands and you know the success rate. And hopefully by being on Fight Plus and having a show with GCW and having a show with Revolver and and moving forward, they're getting to see the FSW talent and say, Hey, I like these guys. Oh, the, oh yeah, look at that crew that Tito and Royce and Jarrell. Hey, I watched them on New Japan. And then you got guys, hey, I know Jay Vidal from Impact and Chris Bay. And I know this guy, Toa. Yeah, he's part of that crew in AEW. And now all of a sudden, they're paying a little more attention. But then they're all getting to see a nice Williams who they're not going to see anywhere else. Right. You know, that was always the reasoning when we first started, like, hey, we're bringing in the Godfather. Hey, we're bringing in Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Hey, we're bringing in all these people because I want you to see Brian Cage and I want you to see the Reno scum and I want you to see Brandon Gatson and the Suburban Commandos and all those early talents that we had that I felt if I can get you there, then you'll become a fan and sure. maybe we can get you multiple times. As I said, I, you, I, I would go to Sam's Town, hand somebody a flyer, and they would let it slide off their hand and fucking drop to the floor. And you look at these people, it's like, I thought you were a wrestling fan. You know, here's some local wrestling. And it's like, that's why you needed to have Matt Hardy front and center on a flyer. Sure. Oh, shit, Matt Hardy wrestles? You know? It doesn't matter how big and buff these guys look. To them, everybody is just some backyard wrestler. That they're not WWE. They're a bunch of nobodies. I ain't wasting my time or money. Okay. Well, I would like to prove you wrong. You know? And unfortunately, you just can't make an announcement and go on the radio or in an ad. Hey, everybody, come to our free show to watch Matt Hardy. And then hopefully you'll pay later on. <laughs> right. Because all the then nobody will pay right that was the issue i had with when we were doing the fsw arizona tyson over there he gave away too many free tickets of just come in watch the show hey it's a uh we did the first show that we did together and i brought the godfather down and we had chuck palumbo we had johnny the bull and we had alcatraz and we had rick uh la knight's and we had Gatson, and we had all the main FSW guys, and Franco D'Angelo, and whoever their champ was, which was Tyson. And it was like bringing a cheap $2 toy, and you got in for free. So literally, there was no gate. Yeah. And when you keep doing that, now people are like, well, I, I usually get in there for free. Why would I pay 20 or 30 bucks? Because their mindset is used to not paying for something. So when you don't pay for something, you continue to expect. And now you're almost offended that now you're expected to pay for it. Right. Sure. So again, the key, the key word, slippery slope. You want to give things away. You want to make things possible. 
but you always have to look at what the bottom line is going to be. You know, I've we have a fan page. We have email listings that have 500 people on the emails from people who bought tickets over the last year or two, whatever it is. And I'm always sending emails, things like that. But I'll reach out to a Facebook and I'll see somebody who's like, man, that guy used to come to all our shows. I haven't seen him in a long time. Hey, why don't you come in? I'll give you half price front row. Come on down. Sometimes, sometimes they take it. Sometimes they don't. Maybe it's a school show. Sometimes I've offered, hey, why don't you come down? I'll give you a free ticket. Or, hey, I'll give you a buy one, get one free. Because that's the type of marketing we have to do because you can't run commercials on Raw and SmackDown like we used to because everybody tapes it and watches it later. Oh, yeah, and most people don't have Cox Cable anyway. And you got to go through, you know, they'll either watch it online, they'll watch it on Peacock, they'll watch it on Hulu, they'll watch it on DirecTV or whatever other process they have. And right. it's same for the newspaper. If anybody reads the review journal, they read it online. Most people don't get it delivered to them, yet they'll want double the price for an ad for a wrestling show. Sure. They have no money coming in. So now if you want to advertise there, same thing on the radio. Well, I know shit tons of people who have, you know, serious XM. I do. I swore against it. And then I realized, well, I can listen to every type of my own music that I like that I'll never hear on the radio for like six bucks a month. Who gives a fuck? And then they try to raise the price and you say, yeah, I'm not paying 20 bucks a month to listen you know, 30 minutes a day in my car. Oh, we can offer you six bucks a month. Okay, sign me up again. Every year I got to go through the same process. Hey, I want to cancel. Hey, what can we do to keep you? Well, give me my six bucks a month and just keep doing it. Um, when you uh, look at uh, the uh, past weekend, uh, how do you think uh, RBJ did uh, with Funny Bone, being that this is pretty much RBJ's first uh, bigger exposure match in terms of someone who's, uh, you know, a seasoned veteran, someone that the fans know very well? Um, what what was uh, you know what was the thought behind that too in in getting that match together? I'm going to go on out and and say truthfully, I didn't get to see a lot of that match. It was the early part of the show. Right. What I saw, he handled himself well. Uh, the last couple of months, Funny Bone has wrestled. He's wrestled some of our younger guys, and one in particular, you could just see that what he does in practice, what he may have done in other matches with younger people, didn't transcend in that match. And it was Demir Morningstar. And, you know, young kid, he's only 18 years old, maybe maybe 19, but I think he's 18. And in that match, it was just seemingly to me a deer in headlights. Like, he was overmatched. It was a little much for him. Sure. In terms of, you know, I don't know if it's intimidating being in there with Funny Bone or, or, or whatever it is, but it just seemed that maybe it was overly respecting somebody who's been doing it for 20 years. You know, you got to go out there and you got to fire on all cylinders. And, you know, that weak sauce just doesn't go, right. especially like Funny Bone. And <laughs> what I saw of RBJ... You know, sometimes people step back. You see it. Sometimes you see it in an MMA person who's kind of trying to not fucking knock somebody's head off. You know, even with the forearms to the chest. And it's like they you could just see that they, they're, they're making sure they're trying to be safe. But then they become overly safe. And then it becomes unwatchable. Right. Yep. And that was the issue before. What I saw, and I'll go back and, and try to watch more of it, but what I saw of it, I didn't see with RBJ, which is is good, you know, right. obviously. It was like he went in there, and this was a high-profile match, you know. Future Shock may have had 
a few more people, but it was family and friends and far less wrestling fans than on this show where it's pretty much only wrestling fans and maybe a few of the younger guys, friends and family. You know, you're talking 90% wrestling fans come to high octane and, you know, 50% fans, if we're lucky, come to future shock. Right. You know what I mean? So RBJ, I I thought, from what I saw at least, handled himself uh, quite well. Uh, and the other one that was intriguing was uh, Limelight and uh, Damian Drake. Uh, you know, th- this is, uh, I believe that was their first singles meeting. Um, yeah, know, that's crazy too. Right. <laughs> you know, it's- But in, in, in truth, Limelight really hasn't been a regular here for more than a year. True. So less than a year, I guess you could say since Danny's really, you know, become a mainstay here in FSW. I'll tell you what, you know, that match may have been the best Damian Drake match, singles match I've seen in a very long time. Yep. You know, he's put over the six-man tag at FSW GCW, but that was a group effort. This was right. a one-on-one match. And, you know, you don't know where Damian Drake's head is He's coming off a loss at Future Shock to Fox Valentine. But you got to think there's a lot of frustration because he hit Limelight with everything but the kitchen sink and yeah. still up short. You know what I mean? And, you know, Limelight is a top-tier talent. You know, he wrestled AAA the night before. He's yeah. wrestled Hammerstone. He's an MLW champion. So you're going at it with the guy – who is a top 10, top five. And there was never any doubt that Damian Drake has all the talent in the world. But sometimes in the head, you know, he's the guy who who lets things bother him more than I try to tell him probably need to be a thing. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, you know, He's gotten a lot of, I wouldn't say recognition. He's got a lot of fanfare for him coming out and doing the dancing thing. And to be honest with you, I thought the unguided had the edge. The unguided was this, these two guys. And it was kind of anti-authority, which of course made the fans love him. Right. And, And there was his injury and then Matt, kind of uh, went off on his own as a singles and probably people got in his head. You don't need Damian Drake, blah, blah, blah. So that thing imploded. Obviously they're on, they're in, they're in a good mindset now, but Matt is doing his thing. And Damian Drake was kind of caught in limbo. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, I guess you heard Frankie goes to Hollywood on the radio or something. The song that I had gotten fired for like 40 years earlier. <laughs> making comments that would definitely be uh, not cool these days. <laughs> but the thing was seemingly where now instead of concentrating on a match, because I remember a Hammerstone Damian Drake match where you looked at it and you thought, man, this can go either way. And Damian yeah. Drake, he can beat this guy. And right. The issues I had, and this is 100% truth, is that despite the fans really liking him and, and, and digging the dancing and stuff, I thought it took away from the edge of Damian Drake's threat for every title. And, and I said it the day he was in a feud with Gregory Sharp, and it was a beat-the-clock challenge to make the stipulation and Gregory Sharp went first, and he won the match in about six minutes. And I remember, I'm not even positive who Damian Drake wrestled. It might have been Angel Celestial in one of his few matches in FSW. But I just remember the first couple of minutes, he was on the outside, and there was no urgency. And he's like, hey, oh, big chop to the fans. He's by the guardrail. And it's like, you only got – 
we have a clock going and it's down to like two or three minutes and you're really making no attempt to win this match. Right. But the Nevada State Championship, despite you saying how much you want it, you're really making no effort to prove that. And that bothered me. And I'm like, you could be happy that you're there, but do you want to be main event Damian Drake or do you want to be mid-card Damian Drake? And right. that's the decision that he has to make. And now his shenanigans, chicanery, whatever you want to call it, he lost to a fucking rookie. Now, he came out and he was main event Damian Drake against Danny Limelight, but he still lost. So now what? Yeah. You know, so now the guy who gets in his own headspace has to go back into his head and figure out what do I got to do to change this? I can't rely on the tag of my partner. I'm me, myself, and I. It's my job to figure out how I want to get to the top or I'm just another flavor of the month who had a good run and now is just there sure. and i can't tell somebody what they need to do to get to that level so that becomes his job yeah do that sure um final uh question i have on uh that card uh there was a long uh, buildup to uh, Hero and Shogun in terms of will they, won't they? And, uh, you know, we saw the turn. Uh, what did you think in terms of that uh, delivering on uh, what you had been building up for a number of months? Well, I'll start off with Hero Lou. Hero Lou. I felt would benefit greatly from being with Shogun. They kind of started around the same time, but Hiro Lu lost a large period of time very quickly into his career when he tore his ACL and disappeared. And i be honest, never thought I'd ever see Hiro Lu again because it was kind of like, wow, this has been more than a year. Then he reached out and it might've been 15, 18 months. I have no idea. Watching his development, he was always, let's just say, he had a lot of talent, but the wrestling smarts may not have been there. Okay. To put it okay. Where Shogun seemed to get it, Hero didn't seem to get it, you know? And... When they did a Halloween gimmick battle royal together as the Acolytes many years before, I saw a good chemistry because these guys were also good friends. And it was like, it was hilarious. They came out and it was like, wow, if I was ever going to make these two make a tag team, these two guys would be it. Sure. But that was years ago. You know, that was when we were doing shows on Fremont Street. In Neonopolis, because that's yeah. when that match happened. So we never really put them together. They kind of ran the singles and all that other stuff. So Shogun had his run with Kenny. That was during the pandemic. Didn't do shit. They had one title defense, and that was right before the pandemic ended in March of 2020. They wrestled a couple singles matches, but they didn't have a match until they lost the title over a year later because of, of the way things went. Right. And at that point, the plan was probably, you know what? Shogun's ready. You know, he won the rumble and never got the title match. You right. know, he wrestled Chris Bay at a major event for the heavyweight title. So he's a main guy who has taken a step down, no fault of his own, just because the way things worked out. So, I brought an idea to him. I'm like, you guys are boys. You work out together. You hang out together. Blah, 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 blah. I think this would be a good benefit for Hero Loop. And he was all for it. You know, he was looking for the run as a champion that he never really got by being a tag team champion. 
they held the title for a year and they had no title defenses basically till they lost the title. They went a year, had a title match, lost it. So they had one title defense a month right. and a half after they won the titles. So him and Hero, they clicked. The crowd was getting into them. They were digging them. You know, they, they win the tag titles. I believe they beat uh, Toa and Juicy yeah. for the belts. And then they go on their run. They beat Masters and Carlito. And things were going smooth. And then they lost the belts. And that you started seeing the deterioration, deterioration between the two. And sometimes it was in, in trying to help the other guy at backfiring, whatever. MK stepped in, kind of got in uh, Hero's ear. And obviously he listened because what I expected was these two guys, friends, maybe that's the way to blow it off and, and, and come together. And not maybe not as a tag team, but come together as friends. Well, that shit went out the door. And, you know, we saw Hero Lou, you know, he's embracing his Darth Vader. Right. And he knows that he is now a guy when you talk about maybe the top three, four, five contenders to be the heavy next heavyweight champion, he's right there. And initially, you probably looked at Shogun here and Hero underneath him. But now Hero's got MK, Koa gets involved, he gets the win, didn't show any remorse. He wasn't like, hey, what are you guys doing? I wanted to win this fair and square. Nah, he got the W. That's yeah. all he's looking at. He beat his boy, however he had to do it. So we're now looking at the ascension of Hero Lou. And Shogun, I don't know his mindset beforehand. Is he thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe he's thinking, hey, we're going to have this match and it's going to be all cool and we'll shake hands after the fact. I don't know. Or does he think, fuck this motherfucker. I'm going to beat his ass. If it wasn't for me, he wouldn't be where he is today. Sure. Yeah. You know, so hopefully on the 14th, we might be able to hear from Shogun. You know, I haven't talked to him yet, seeing his availability. I haven't talked to Hero or MK. You know, obviously I got to get on the ball, but we just had the show. So I right. was dealing with other stuff and trying to put everything together. And we got the title matches. But... I can almost guarantee that at least one of the other will be here, there on the 14th Hero or Shogun, because it has to be. Whether it's the winner or the loser, something's got to be found out about what's going on between them two to also say, hey, what's going to go on moving forward? Because odds are the next time they're going to be in the ring together, it's going to be in a 30-man rumble. So, you know, it's going to be hard for me to believe that those two guys aren't going to be facing off in some way in that match. And then you got the wild card, Kevin Coe. Yeah. You know, he's proved his worth in FSW over the last year. So Shogun's kind of got to look behind his back because there's a big motherfucker who, who smashed him with the chair. Yeah. Now, is that the reason why Shogun lost? A lot of people would say so. In a one-on-one a, a -on -one fair fight inside a cage, who's victorious? Maybe we find out. Maybe yeah. we don't. But that's something. Oh, shit. What are the, what are the top five stories Coming out of FSW, Hero and Shogun has got to be one of the top two or three. Easy. Yeah. So yeah. there's excitement there. They're, these are two big guys that are at the top of their game. You know, two beloved guys. Right. You know, if you took a vote before they imploded and we had to have the year-end awards of the top five favorite wrestlers, 
they'd both be in there. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see because as hated as MK is, we still heard cheers for show uh, for Hero on the show because they still like him. Right now, it could you know we've seen it wear off in time because it's like ah oh, this guy really is a douchebag. Fuck him. Let's go team team Shogun. You know. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know that's another one. You know. Oh shit! That that's a hot take right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and by the way, the, the six-person intergender match. Yeah. It's excellent. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you what. Chris Nasty and Vandergriff had a good match, but I thought Chris Nasty looked the best he's ever looked in FSW. Yeah. Uh, maybe because it was a more fast-paced, maybe you could say Lucha style. And for a guy his size, watching him move around that way is a little more exciting to me. And it was yeah. like, wow, this guy can really move. I, I didn't see a lot of that as solid as his singles match was. That And and, and it's crazy, man. Bodie, you know, we know everybody loves Bodie, but it, it seemed like it took to another level. And I'm telling you, the Brat Pack, the name is, the name is catching on, brother. Oh. And again, Zamaya, she's rocking the guys. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. don't say nothing mean to her, man. She rocks you with one of those forearms. You're going down, brother. No kidding, man. It's amazing. And so, you know, and it's great to see because, you know, it was kind of like, hey, what are we going to do? Matt's available, Bodie, I don't know, singles wise. And then we got the girls. And then I found out uh, Rochelle was available, and she wasn't the last show. And she's and her and Maz have really kind of taken off uh, as as a unit. So it was like, well, let, let me make sure I get her some work. So that's where the idea for the six person tag came in. And Chris Nasty had messaged me to let me know he was going to be in town on that weekend. He was going to come to check out the show anyway. If there was an opportunity, I'm like, well, right now I'm not sure. And then as I was putting my head together and it was like, okay, I like the team of Brittany. It's the future legends right there. You know, you got Brittany, Bodie, and Vandegrift. And I know I had only one person. I had nobody on the other side. So I'm like, hey, I think I got a spot for you. I want to probably do a, a six-person intergender match. He's like, I'm there. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, now we're looking for a female. And I've been really impressed with Zamaya. So she's the first person I hit up. I'm like, hey, I think we got a spot in the six-person intergender match, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm available. I'm like, okay, boom. And then uh, Jordan Oasis, who's been spending a lot of time. He's a guy who, who you know, he, he started training at the Buddy Wayne Academy, where Nick Wayne came from, whose dad was the, was the trainer. And then he came to FSW and trained with us and honed his craft. Then he left and went to Rikishi's Knox Pro and went over there. And now he's at the Inoki Dojo. So he's trying to get the best of all worlds. And, you know, that's during the week, whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, I got a spot in a, in a six-person I think you'd fit real well in. And he's like, yeah, I'm good to go. And the match was made. And yeah. that was probably made on, you know, Wednesday or Thursday. Or, you know, the event on Sunday. So it's always scrambling, always hustling, always trying to get things in place. You know, over the last few days, you know, we're talking about the 14th and who's working who. And we got a couple of matches and we got Limelight and Fox Valentine and the boys, Jimmy Jack and Chase Bell. They're going to take on Greatness and Tenacious. Yeah. So that's a second match that's been added. And now we're working on, you know, the, the three title matches. So that's already now we're up to five. And then, you know, Clutch, he's calling out Kenny. Whether they have a match or not that day, I'm not sure. So that possibly is six. So now we just got to work in who's available because there's other shows in town. And, you know, not, not in town, but 
uh, around where our mainstays, IZW in Arizona. So, you know, that's Navajo's thing who's tight with Dom. So the classes right. and Evan Reno's and that crew and Jacob Austin Young, they all work there. So they right. become available to us. They knew in advance, which is fine because we have so much talent anyway. A lot of them wouldn't work both shows anyway. So right. not a big deal. But it's now trying to figure out, hey, who's in California? Who's available? Who's not available? You know, I got a couple of messages. Hey, you know, I think Brittany Brooks might be working that show. But either way, she's unavailable. But right. Viva was available. So, and Rochelle's not available. But Maz is available. So it's like, you know, again, it, it, it's, it's that it's product placement, you know. Yeah. You got to get the brand and see who's available and what we're looking to do. And, you know, we got some people on the on the verge of coming back, whether it was time away, whether it was injury, whether it was, you know, a big loss. Uh, you know, Gregory Sharp losing Nevada State. It's like, okay, he's been, you know, he's a mainstay. Uh, you know, let's give him a couple shows off, move forward. But because we've got to have a game plan, you know, Gregory Sharp over a year and a half pretty much beat everybody on the roster. So yeah, sure. to now not have the Nevada State title on the line and just randomly wrestle somebody, well, let's take a step back, let him get a breather. You know, he was gone for a while anyway. He was he was out of town and uh, worked some shows. So it's like he just came back yesterday. He's like, yeah, I've been gone for a couple of weeks, blah, blah, blah. So he obviously wasn't even at the October 1st in town to work. Right. So, I was like, okay, moving forward, where do we go with him? And it's the same thing, you know, whether it's Remy, whether it's Graves, whether it's Hammerstone, whether it's, you know, Cody, who seemingly seems to be, you know, getting back from injury where he was out for a while. You know, he wasn't sure if he was getting surgery, what was going on. So he's, he's still an in limbo kind of guy. Yeah. So, the, you know, these are FSW mainstays that when they're ready and able, you know, they they have a spot. They they didn't lose their spot. You know, they ain't the guy who lost the spot to Lou Gehrig. You know what I mean? No, they sure are not Wally Pipping it. Um, <laughs> uh, just uh, just keep us posted online of course follow fsw social media uh we'll see probably some more stuff coming out here uh as the 14th is getting closer and uh of course we'll talk a little bit more next week uh, uh you know when we're uh at that point going into uh, that sunday so um any final thoughts for the uh listeners uh, a little bit, yeah. You know, I thought uh, Lethal Consequences, despite the fact that we didn't have uh, Jay Lethal there, which was a major disappointment. So we have a show named after a guy who isn't there. Uh, equally disappointing is the fact that Jay Lethal wasn't even on the show right. that, they, that they had. So the reason to pull him becomes a little more mind-boggling. It's like you just cost a guy, not only my booking, but he was coming into town for some convention that he was being a part of, that he was going to be paid for that, that he lost out on that, and the seminar where he lost out on that to be flown to a pay-per-view that he wasn't even on. Yeah. So they spent money. Now, somebody I know saw him at the tapings, but they flew him home to Tampa on Friday to fly him back on Sunday. So they had another two flights. They didn't even keep him around for the one day. Yeah. They flew him home to flew him back. You know, where was the pay-per-view at anyway? Do you know? Uh, uh... Don't Wasn't know. it on the West Coast? No, I think it was on the East Coast. Gotcha. But yeah. you know, I, I know Jay's out of Florida. Oh, no, wait. It was. It was. It was. It was Seattle. That's right. 
So there you go. That's right. I don't know where their tapings were, but I think it was in California on the Wednesday for the rampage and the, and the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they did the fr- they did the collision Friday or Saturday or whatever they did. Probably from there to fly him home for Saturday to bring him back Sunday morning. Right. You and know, you're talk- and you're talking when you're a billionaire, you can do that. Yeah. When you're talking Tampa Bay to Seattle, we're also not talking, you know, a, a 90 minute flight. We're, you know, right. Hell. So, yeah. So however that worked out. So, yeah, it was disappointing. But, you know, we filled the show up nicely. We had a, we had a good crowd. We had a good card. Uh, we, we progressed some things. So, you know, overall, you know, uh, a solid B, B plus, I would say, for that show. Yeah. And remember, you can uh, check it out on Fight Plus uh, if you have a like, the Fight Plus subscription. So uh, check that show out. And uh, obviously, you can watch the 14th coming up, too, if uh, you're not in Vegas. Uh, you can check that out as well. So until next week, everyone. Uh, Enjoy your week, and we'll see you then. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.